More folks than ever before are trading in their corporate gig for being their own boss and starting a business. If you've got startup fever but aren't quite sure where to start, my next guest can help. She's Melinda Emerson, also known as the Small Biz Lady and America's number one business expert. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini-MBA and School of Hard Knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, brought to you by Business MO, LLC. Melinda Emerson is the founder and president of Quintessence Group, an award-winning marketing consulting firm based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Her clients include household names like American Express, Sam's Club, Facebook, FedEx, and a whole lot more. But the bigger reason she's here with us today is because of her other claim to fame. Melinda is known as the Small Biz Lady. She's an internationally known keynote speaker and an expert on small business startups, business development, and social media marketing. Her small business advice is widely read, reaching more than 3 million entrepreneurs each week online. In addition to being a former social media columnist for the New York Times, she's frequently quoted by other media organizations, including the Wall Street Journal, Fortune, MSNBC, CBS, and Fox News. Melinda is also the host of the hashtag Small Biz Chat, the longest-running live chat on Twitter for small business owners. And Forbes magazine has named her as the number one woman for entrepreneurs to follow on Twitter. She publishes a small business resource blog, which is syndicated by the Huffington Post, and she's the author of Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, which is now in its second edition. And she's also authored the ebook How to Become a Social Media Ninja. I am so jazzed to be able to talk to her today about how to successfully transition to being your own boss. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Melinda. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. Oh, this is super. You know, your personal branding is amazing. How did you become the small biz lady? Oh, gosh, there's a story. Um, It all started with my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. When I wrote it, um, it was due to my publisher, September 1st, 2008. Do you remember what happened around September 17th, 2008? You tell me. Well, you know, people, the sky fell, the market crashed, people's 401ks became 1OKs, right? You know, all these people started losing their jobs. And my publisher called me up and said, listen, thank you so much for being a first-time author that actually turned your book in on time. But we don't think anybody's thinking about entrepreneurship right now. So we're going to postpone the release of your book until March of 2010, which was literally 18 months away. And it was terrible because for me, I was so excited this book was coming out. I literally, you know, had wound down my other company thinking I'm about to go out on this major book tour. And then I got punched in the face, you know, (laughs) basically. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And literally a friend of mine said to me, Melinda, this social media thing's starting to get hot. I I think you better hire a publicist and start publicizing that book like it's coming out anyway. 
And I was like, are you kidding? And she said, no, no, I think this is what you need to do. And so I hired a woman and the name of her business was websavvypr.com. And literally she helped me learn Twitter, which is where she thought was going to be the best place for me to build my brand. And when the day came for me to get my own Twitter account, I was in front of my computer on the phone. She was in front of her computer. And I go to Twitter.com and I typed in Melinda Emerson and I got a notice back. This name is already taken. No. And I was so like, you've got to be kidding me. I was one of those kids that I probably met six other Melindas in my whole life, right? Let alone another Melinda Emerson. And lo and behold, somebody had gotten to Twitter before me and had gotten my name. And so my publicist at the time, Kathy Larkin, she said, look, this is okay. You know, we'll just come up with a nickname for you. And I was like, a nickname? You mean like Melly Mel or, or Mindy or something? And she said, no, you're not a rapper. We're going to give you a name that tells people who you are and what you do. And so that was the day I became Small Biz Lady. Now, what we now know, you know, eight, nine years later, is that that was the best branding thing that could have possibly ever happened to me. And, uh, you know, I'm the small biz lady, but I am America's number one small business expert. And I reach three million entrepreneurs a week online with my content and information. And that never would have happened if I hadn't been forced to get on Twitter in 2008. So that's how I became small biz lady. That's a fabulous story. And I, I love the resilience you displayed that despite the recession, you weren't going to let that stop you. That's awesome. Well, I didn't have a whole lot of choice, Hannah. <laughs> I had to figure it out, you know. Uh, you yeah. know, let me ask you this, Melinda. What inspired you to write the book, Become Your Own Boss, in 12 months? Because you started writing this before the recession hit. I mean, the economy was still going great guns. They had the housing market was booming and everything right. was up, up, up. So tell me what the backstory is on Become Your Own Boss in 12 months. What, what sparked that? Well, so <laughs> that's another great story, Hannah. So um, I was rolling. I started my company in 1999 and I was doing really well. By 2003, my husband was able to quit his full-time job and join the business. We had offices in downtown Philadelphia. I was the largest woman-owned uh, video production company in Philadelphia and um, had major contracts with Comcast and Verizon and Enterprise Rent-A-Car and on and on and on. And then in 2005, I got pregnant with my son and I ended up with a high-risk pregnancy on bed rest for six months. And basically, I went from being the worst workaholic you ever met in your whole life to not being able to leave my house. And Wi-Fi was not what it is today. I literally had a Palm 3 cell phone trying to run my whole life, which means it didn't run so well. And I almost lost my business that year because I had built a business that couldn't run without me. And, you know, I had all these employees and stuff. And But when I wasn't there, nobody was kind of mine in the store. You know, they thought my child had a heart condition. They had me up at the hospital three times a week getting testing done. It was awful. And literally, my son was born December 14th of that year. And a week after he was born, I, I went to the office and I said, listen, I'm shutting this office down. All of you are laid off, including my then husband. And I said, look, your full-time job is now finding a job. Close this office. Find me a smaller, cheaper office out in the suburbs. Let's get out of the city. And I basically, you know, reinvented my entire business and my entire life in, in an instant. 
But after I went through all of that, you know, when I was on the couch for six months with nothing to do, I started thinking about all the expensive lessons I had learned and all the expensive mistakes I had made. And I literally started writing them down. And they eventually became my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. And the reason why I wrote it was because I realized that I would have run my business better if I had had better advice. And I wanted the next generation of entrepreneurs, particularly entrepreneurial women, to have the opportunity to learn from my hard-learned lessons and the lessons of other people. Because when I started writing, I realized that I knew a lot of stories about other entrepreneurs and other mistakes other people had made. So I wrote them all down. And then what I really did was I invented a system that I thought best for people to make the transition from employee to a small business owner. And I called it the Emerson Planning System. And it was my six-step system to make the transition from employee to the boss. And uh, that was really the cornerstone of my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Well, that's incredible. And I'm thankful as well as I'm sure the readers of your book that you had some downtime in in order to collect your thoughts about that, because uh, these are all stories about the school of hard knocks, which are very expensive for people to go through. And some of them just don't make it. They don't have the resilience or the deep pocket in order to come back from some setbacks. But I'm curious about why you say it takes 12 months to start a business. What's magic about 12 months? Well, you have to plan for success, right? Success will not just happen to you. And honestly, it takes 12 to 18 months for a small business to break even, let alone replace your corporate salary. So the reason why I say 12 months is because you 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 have to get your, your plan together. Too many people quit their jobs too early, prematurely. They don't have a refined business model. And and it's really sort of like how I created the, the Emerson planning system. So if you would allow me, I really kind of want to walk you through it because it'll make a lot more sense after I do it. Um, the first thing I advise people to do if they want to start a business is to develop a life plan. And the reason why I start there is because Listen, you got to figure out what you want and why you want it. And then you need to build a business that will help you live that life. A lot of times people start businesses that might even be good businesses, but that aren't good businesses for them and their family. For example, let's say you want to be a caterer and you want to specialize in weddings. Well, that means you're tying up all your weekends from April to November. And if you have small children that have a lot of activities on the weekends, that's going to be a nightmare unless you're married to a saint, right? You know, so <laughs> you, you really have to figure out what is going to work for the lifestyle that you're trying to have, right? And then the next thing you've got to do is figure out how you're going to pay for it because the money to start your business is going to come from your right or your left pocket, period. And so, you know, banks do not loan money to start up businesses. You can get a micro loan up to about $35,000, but that's about enough money to get in trouble, right? You know, so it takes on average $30,000 to launch a business and that money's going to come from you. So a lot of times that 12 month time period has a lot to do with people getting their finances in order. If you have a lot of credit card debt, you have credit that's a little shaky, you got to fix all of that because your business, it's going to take, you know, two to three years before you're really making any real money. And you got to survive in the meantime. So your personal finances and your personal credit is your business's credit when you first start out. And then the third thing you got to do is really examine your business concept. And, and I want you to examine it based upon what skills you have versus what skills you need to run that particular business. 
And it's really, really important that you think that through because some people start restaurants because they like to eat, right? It's supposed to knowing something about how to run a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And people have what I call these fantasies of grandeur about running these businesses. Oh, I bake great cakes. You know what I should do? I should open a bakery. Well, not so fast. You know, I want you to go work in a bakery so that you know what it really takes to run one. Um, and then step four, I make people figure out what their niche is and who their paying customer is. Because a lot of times people tell me, oh, everybody can use this. Well, guess what? If everybody can use it, nobody will use it. You have to specialize in serving a specific customer well. And that is how you get repeat business. And by the way, that's also how you get to charge a premium for being a specialist. And then step five, I really do think people still need business plans. I know there's all this rule of thumb out here and all these angel and VC people telling people they don't need business plans. That's bull. You need to figure out how your business is going to run. Now, do I think you need a 40-page manifesto? No. But do you need 10 good pages that's going to explain what the hell's going to happen inside your business? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And there's tons of free business plan software out here on the internet to help you write it. And then step six, I believe in people being side hustlers first. I do not believe in people quitting jobs to start a business. I think you need to become a member of what I call the five to nine club and run your business evenings and weekends so that you can, you know, know that you've got a real business and real paying customers before you jump all the way out there and quit your job. That's all sound advice. In, in my experience, there's probably another factor people underestimate, and that's the legal playing field that they operate on. Because if they aren't sufficiently capitalized and some pothole comes along, sometimes that can throw them for a loop. You know, And, uh, and that's re- one reason I do a webinar on legal literacy made easy for crazy busy entrepreneurs, because it's something that typically doesn't fall on their radar screen. But these are all excellent steps. Melinda, you know, I'm concerned, though, that some people don't have 12 months to think it through. You know, they get called into their boss's office or, you know, come on down to HR. And the next thing you know, well, I'm sorry, we're going through downsizing or right sizing or however they want to couch it. And, you know, you've got a month to find another job within the company or two weeks to clear out your desk. Or the worst case is we will send you your personal items from your desk. But, you know, you can go home now. And it's just a tremendous shock for people. How do you advise folks in that kind of situation when they really don't have 12 months? They've really got to kind of hit the ground running. What do you suggest? Well, first of all, I'm so glad that you asked me this question because a lot of times what really holds people up with the 12-month process is finances, is really, you know, getting your money straight. But if you find yourself suddenly, you know, with a job loss or buyout or something like that, you can start faster. and But you still got to go through the steps. I still think you need a life plan. I still think you need to really evaluate how much cash you have on hand. What do you have access to? What can you borrow from? You know, and depending on your age, you know, I would tell you to take money, um, you know, out of your 401k if you have one, but it really just depends on where you are in life and whether or not you're a single person, head of household, or if you have a spouse that's still working. There's a lot of factors that go into it. But the bottom line is this, if you have skills that are valuable, people will pay you for them. So you just have to figure out the quickest thing you can do to get up and running. Um, You know, starting an e-commerce business is probably one of the fastest things you can do. You can set up shop in, you know, in hours and be up and selling on Amazon, eBay or Etsy, Um, you know, building your own website, uh, you know, demonstrating your expertise. Is there, you know, is there a way to get a contract from your former 
former employee, you know, employer, excuse me, you know, as a contractor, you know, you've got to move fast, but you still have to move smart because the thing you don't want to do is trade a soul sapping job for a business that becomes a noose around your neck or business that's not really making money because that's a noose around your neck too. So you absolutely can, can do it faster. I actually have a six week mastermind program that I walk people through my system much faster. And I'm also working on a brand new product that I'm really excited about called the 30 day fast start program. So um, by early April, people will be able to get what they need um, in 30 days to launch. So I have condensed um, my my systems down. Um, I still think you need to plan for success, but you can do it faster, you know, particularly if your finances are in order. Absolutely. Finances play a large role. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious about what you mean by this life plan. Can you explain that a little bit more? Sure. Your life plan is really an assessment of how you live versus how you want to live. You know, I think sometimes we're working on everybody else's agenda, but our own. And on the airplane, they tell you to put the mask on yourself before you can help anybody else. Well, it's true in your life too. Um, I think too many of us, particularly women, you know, we are not walking with intention every day. We're reacting to things, reacting to the kids, reacting to the husband, reacting to our mother being sick, you know, and instead of saying, okay, this is what I want. I want to be able to retire by 55 and, and live here. Well, if that's your goal, let's work backwards from that. Or if you just want to be able to pay all your bills and, and send the kids to private school and to go on a few nice vacations a year, we can figure that out too. But you've got to spend the time figuring out what you really want and why you want it. Because sometimes people just need to get a new job. Sometimes people don't need to start a business because starting a business is hard and it's got a lot of upfront sacrifice involved in it. But people really need to figure out what they want, why they want it, because it drives every other decision. You mentioned the importance of personal finances. What advice do you have for listeners who say they want to attract angel investors or venture capital? You know, I mean, I, I've worked with some students here at the local universities that had entrepreneurship programs, and they're all about their pitch deck and getting out there. In some ways, it reminds me of the rush to get married, and then they don't think about what happens after the honeymoon. But for those folks who do want to attract angel investors and, and outside capital, what suggestions do you have? Well, here's the thing. Unless you have a business idea that is going to put a million eyeballs on your product or service, sell a million units, venture capital angel investment probably is not the right way to go. And by the way, it'll take you two years to get that money. And you could be out running your business way, way before then. So I am not a big fan of chasing angel and venture capital money because there's so many factors that go into that other than the business idea. You know, who is your management team? Where did you go to graduate school? You know, do these people think you are competent enough to run this business if they give you the money? And once you take their money, by the way, they could boot you out of the company. And I have a story about that actually in my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. It happened to my former husband's college roommate. He chased this billionaire to invest in his company. This guy invested his money and within a year and a half booted him out of his own company, broke his heart. So you got to be careful with those people because those people are about their exit strategy. They're about their 10x multiple. They're about their money. They're not about your dream or this little idea you had. So you cannot fall in love with your idea if you're going to go after angel and venture capital money because they will make you sell your company to get their money. 
you've just got to be really careful and you've got to make sure that you've got a, an idea big enough that warrants that kind of money. I, I think you're much better off bootstrapping it myself. Understood. Understood. Now, we've talked a lot about finances, and that's certainly a very, very important building block of a successful business. But in your experience with working entrepreneurs over the years, have you noticed any other patterns that contribute to small business success? Any other key principles people should be aware of? I think really understanding who your niche customer is, is probably the most important thing you need to know about your business because the recession killed the generalist consultant, right? You know, it's really about specializing in serving a specific customer every day. And so the analogy that I use is that is the world looking for yet another graphic design firm? Not really, but is the world looking for a graphic design firm that specializes in developing educational materials? All day, that design firm can get work. And so you've got to think about the niche, the market, and how you can get your slice of it. You also need to figure out how you're going to build your brand online. Social media is not an option. It is a necessity. So you've got to figure out, are you going to learn social media or are you going to buy somebody else's expertise? But social media is not an option. You've got to make sure that you're, you've got a great website that is mobile ready, that you are churning out content and that you are drawing people to you because nobody wants to be sold to, but people love to be educated and entertained. So you've got to figure out how you are going to engage people around valuable content. And that is how you're going to demonstrate your expertise and ultimately close business. Now, if somebody is new to social media, okay, maybe they have their own personal Facebook page, but they haven't used it for business purposes. It's only been for personal use. Where do you suggest somebody start with that? Well, the first thing you want to do is figure out your niche customer and then figure out where that customer hangs out online. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make in social media is trying to do every single social media site. It is not necessary to do. You need to do one or two really, really well, and they should be the one or two where your target customer spends time online. Then you need to make sure that you have a great website because the whole point of doing social media is to drive the traffic somewhere. So you've got to make sure that you've got a terrific website and that on your website, you have two to three ways to capture people's contact information. Are you giving something away free or a free ebook or a free quote or a free product sample? Are you offering them the opportunity to sign up for a newsletter? What are you doing to engage people to give you their contact information so that you can nurture your relationship with them? So think about it like a three-legged stool, right? So the first thing you want to do is start with the website because if your website sucks, there's no point in doing social media because the whole point of social media is to drive the traffic. Then once you're doing social media, you need to be doing the right social media sites that are where your fish are. And then thirdly, you've got to use email and email marketing to capture a list so that you can nurture those relationships long term. So when you can keep yourself top of mind, so when people have a need, they'll think of you. You make it sound so simple, Melinda. (laughs) Yeah, well, listen, I learned all of this stuff, the more expensive way to learn it. Um, But now I share it. I share every good thing I know. So anybody that's struggled with any of this stuff, 
please go to succeedasyourownboss.com. I have over 2,000 articles on my blog that will help you with any of this stuff, beginner to advanced. Also, my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, talks a lot about this stuff too. I have a great chapter on how to develop a crowdfunding campaign, how to develop a content strategy, a great website, and how to become a social media ninja. So there's lots of information about this stuff. And I break everything down in action steps because I know this stuff is overwhelming for people. So I I broke it down like how I learned it. That's helpful because there's so many nooks and crannies to this. And we're going to be having links to all of these resources that Melinda has mentioned on businessconfidentialradio.com. So if you haven't taken notes while you're listening, that's okay. No worries. Businessconfidentialradio.com will have you covered there. But you know, Melinda, I'm I'm so grateful that you're willing to share this type of information, you know, the things that you've learned the hard way, the things that you've watched other people learn the hard way, the pain that they've gone through. But I'm curious about, the, you know, the mentors, books or resources that have helped influence your thinking along the way. Sure. Well, first of all, I believe that every small business owner should have a kitchen cabinet of advisors. And this is five to six people who are truly invested in your success. And for me, that group of people has been a life, uh, you know, uh, just godsends, you know. So the first person in your kitchen cabinet should be someone who is an existing entrepreneur, somebody who's been there, done that, made the expensive mistakes already and can give you helpful advice. The second person in your kitchen cabinet should be somebody who is a customer or a prospective customer who can be your internal advocate and give you the skinny on what the real budget is so your contract can be successful. The third person in your kitchen cabinet should be some who is a mentor. And this doesn't necessarily have to be someone who is in your industry. This could be someone who's just a really smart business person who you call from time to time to get advice. And your fourth and fifth people in your kitchen cabinet should be somebody who's a lawyer and somebody who's an accountant because you need these people. Now, the reason why I call this group of people a kitchen cabinet of advisors, though, is because these people are already invested in your success. They are not going to send you a bill every time you call call them and ask them a question. But here's the deal with this group of people. If you ask them for advice and they give it and you don't take it, you could really damage your relationship with them. So you want to be very careful about how you use these people's time. And I like to get my kitchen cabinet together in person two or three times a year because they actually like to meet each other because they like to find out who are the other people advising you. In terms of the books that I have read, a wonderful book that I've read recently is called Business Brilliance. And it's really talking about other people's successes and failures and how you can leverage them. Uh, the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber is, 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 is a carte blanche standard, I think, for every entrepreneur. Um, and another great book that I read years ago by Stephanie Chandler, and it's called From Entrepreneur to Infopreneur. And that's really helpful for people that are trying to figure out how to productize their business. Um, it's a really, really terrific book that she wrote years ago that, that really changed my thinking about, um, you know, infopreneurship and things like that. So, um, I am really excited about entrepreneurship right now. I think it's hot. I think so many people are interested in doing it. And I'm just glad to be able to be sort of like the 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 light, the the lantern, you know, directing people the right way so that people don't destroy themselves financially with a half-baked business idea. These are the books that have inspired me and the people who who cheer me on when I need it. <laughs> 
We all need that. We all need that. So if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Well, I am the Small Biz Lady on Twitter as well as Facebook. And my website is succeedasyourownboss.com. And my book, my best-selling book, is Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, the second edition. And, uh, you know, if all else fails, just Google Small Biz Lady. You'll find me. (laughs) I'm sure it's all over the web. (laughs) Just Google Small Biz Lady and you will find me. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's terrific. And we're going to add that information to the website at businessconfidentialradio.com. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners and aspiring entrepreneurs before we sign off, Melinda? Well, my favorite quote that I like to share with entrepreneurs is simply this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. So just know that you're going to make mistakes, shake them off, Keep it moving. It's part of the process. You will be stretched in ways you never thought along this journey. But baby, it's worth it. (laughs) Let me tell you something. After 17 years in business, I can tell you for sure it's worth it. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your wisdom. Proper planning is so critical. And I'm delighted that you've got this roadmap, this process that can help people create a blueprint for building their best business. Thanks so much for being a guest on Business Confidential Now, Melinda. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. I'd love to come back anytime. Great. We'd love to have you. Giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Keltner. Brought to you by Business M-O-L-L-C. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you, too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential Now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media, too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.